Hi, I'm Gordon. And I'm Fiona. We're from Gate Church International in Dundee, Scotland, and we'd like to welcome you to this week's podcast. Our goal here is growing people to bring Christ into our communities and to see you get connected with God, His people, and His purpose. We hope this message inspires you in your faith journey. Thank you. Isn't it good? Look at this. This guy here is playing a guitar. A week ago, he broke his wrist. Resilience. You ever heard of the power of resilience? The power, it means that, you know, you're told you, you, you can't use your wrist, but he can use his fingers to play his guitar. Come on, somebody. There's something about resilience where you push through some stuff. And uh, even although my mind says I'm not good enough, God says I'm good enough. Isn't that good? So we've got to create new pathways in our minds. We've been talking about how to how God builds and how we want to build with God. I'm going to be sitting on this thing this morning, by the way. And this thing is built for uh, somebody with a lot smaller backside than me. But you've got to make the most of the moment. It didn't collapse. Hallelujah. So this morning, we're going to be looking at building to last. And last week, we looked at how God builds, how he builds through uh, revelation, uh, revelationally, relationally, and generationally. And today, we're going to be looking at, again at the whole thing of the mind. Who here, who here likes chocolate? Raise your hand. Okay. Is anybody here a chocolatier? I've attempted. Not very good. There might be chocolatiers in our midst. But uh, chocolate is an amazing thing, isn't it? And it just settles the soul at times. Sometimes you need a prophetic word from the Lord. You need to put on worship music. Sometimes you just need a wee square of chocolate, don't you? Come on, who knows what I'm talking about here? Well, I want to talk, talk to you this morning a little bit at the beginning about the power of chocolate. Are you ready? Because I'll tell you why. A number of years ago, there was, uh, who's heard of the Church of England? And who's heard of the Quakers? I think we all have. And the amazing thing is, is that there was a group of guys who were educated and they were Quakers, and uh, they tried to get into universities, and they were told no, because you're not Church of England boys. So they did something that was different. They just said, you know what, if we can get educated with them, we're going to start businesses. Come on, Bourneville. Come on, Cadbury. These Christian boys that started all the chocolate companies. You see, something happened with them when they were told that they were not good enough. And something in them said, you know what, we're going to build a chocolate road. We're going to dig a trench. We're going to build a river. And that river is going to flow with some of the best chocolate in the world. And something happened within their minds where they said, you know what, we might have been told that we're not good enough, but we're going to build a chocolate highway. We're going to do something different and, and bring on the best chocolate companies in the world. There's a bunch of them that were started by the Quakers. Isn't that awesome? So the whole thing of how we renew our minds, how we are resilient, we, you know, the wrist is broken, but we can use our fingers. We're told we can't go to a university because it's only Church of England, religious discrimination. But they decide anyway, do you know what? I'm going to do this thing. We're going to build someone great. We're going to build a highway of chocolate. Come on. So there's something about us as believers where we can make choices and we can be told things, but we can say, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something else. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to build something big that's going to be significant. And yesterday, I spent a few hours with a man who's building a, a ministry down in Birmingham in England where they're, they're trying to train people in communities and discipling people. And one of the things he told me, they've been battling up against the wall, you know, the 
over, trying to overcome hurdles of financial difficulty. But just a few weeks ago, they had a breakthrough, and they were given a 40-bed house, not a 40-room house, a 40-bed house. And guess who owns the house? Cadbury's. Isn't that amazing? So the whole thing is you never know what you're, these guys have all gone to be with the Lord, but you never know what your legacy is in the years, the decades, and the centuries to come. So some of you this morning, it might be that you've got a desire to build a legacy, and you want to do something that will have, a, have an impact in generations to come. So the, the Apostle Paul, when, when we're talking about the mind, we're talking about roadways, we're talking about building highways, we're talking about changing our, our minds. It says in Romans 12 verse 1, it talks about uh, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. In our words, these two stools this morning, if I can use them to represent, one of them represents justification. You know, we're justified when we're born again, we come to know Jesus. We are saved, hallelujah. We're saved for all eternity and we're justified. We're made righteous in, in the eyes of the Father because of what the Son has done for us. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? But the hardest bit is, is we've, got to, we've got to be sanctified. We've got to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And one of the, the biggest battlefields is, is that six inches between the left ear and the right ear is that whole thing of renewing the mind. And the battlefield of the mind is absolutely huge and it's absolutely ginormous. The Apostle Paul, Romans 7, I think it is, where he says, the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. The things I do want to do, I, I, I don't do. So what's wrong with Paul? He's been vulnerable. He's been transparent. He's saying that he's struggling. He's battling. In, in Corinthians, it talks about uh, the strongholds. It talks about the where our battles not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers. And it talks about the, the strongholds. It talks about bringing down strongholds. What is a stronghold? The stronghold is something that's got a stronghold on you. It's something that, that wrestles. You ever seen a guy that's five foot five and someone else that's seven foot two? And the guy who's five foot five beats the guy that's almost seven foot tall. How does he manage it? Does he punch him? Does he kick him? No. He gets him in a stronghold and he grabs his neck. The guy can't he breathe. Either that or he's got his back up here and he plays with his little finger and his tendons and the guy's screaming with agony and he taps out. And the guy's won because he's got a stronger stronghold. He might not have a, a, a bigger physique, but he's got a very strong stronghold. So that's what a stronghold is. It's something that lays hold of our minds or a pattern in our mind or a way of stinking thinking that we can't get short of it, but we need to renew our minds so we think differently. We think like Jesus thinks, and we create a highway in our mind for the Holy Spirit to move and the Word of God to land so we think like He thinks. And we don't have stinking thinking, but we have godly thinking. And that's one of the keys. And this morning, I want to do an interview uh, with Grant Phillips. Can we give Grant a round of applause as he comes up? Grant. <clears throat> oh, I was going to borrow the, the one-handed guitar player microphone, but you've already got one. So this is uh, Grant. So uh, Grant, tell us, uh, some of you already know Grant, uh, but... Where are, you, where are you from, Grant? You're not, you're not Faden on D, are you? No, no. I'm from the south of the border, so uh, from the southwest of England in Plymouth. Plymouth. Very good. And uh, so, um, fantastic. That's great. That's great. So, Grant, you're from, uh, your background, are you from like, we're, we're what you call a crazy charismatic evangelical. Well, we're not crazy. 
just a wee bit. But we're what you call lively evangelical church, loud music. What's your background, your Christian background? So when I was much younger, my parents made me, well, made me, sent my brother and me to <laughs> Sunday school, which was part of a brethren church. Uh, so I grew up brethren up until my like teenage years. Then we left that church and went around a bit. Then we were in a Baptist church and a Methodist church for a while. But then when I finally came to Dundee, which is about four years ago or so now, came to the Gate Church, and that's, that's where right. I've been ever since. Fantastic. And I remember meeting you the first Sunday, saying yeah. hi to you, yeah. and you had a surprise look on your face by the end of the service. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, to say the least. But it's been great having uh, you here in Dundee, but Grant, you're uh, studying, uh, mm -hmm. you're not doing your uh, undergraduate, you've done yeah. a, you're just about finishing a PhD yes. in... Neuroscience. Yes. Neuroscience, fantastic. Yeah. It's really good. Thank you. So this morning, Grant, I am here to pick your brain, if you pardon okay, the pun. I'm here I'm... to ask you some questions because one of the things is the Word of God is powerful. And there was a guy called Paul Yonggi Chow wrote a book in the 60s mm -hmm. uh, talking about the fourth dimension. He talked about how the heart, the mind, and the belly, mm -hmm. the, the guts were all wired and all connected together. And people mocked him. Scientists mocked him and said he was an idiot because he said that the heart and the mind are not connected. They're two separate organs. And they just mocked him. Mm. But it's been proven through neuroscience that we're mm -hmm. kind of, everyone's wired together, yep. isn't it? Yep. And uh, so that kind of stuff. So I've got some questions. Is that okay? That's all right. Are you ready? Yes. Well, you don't know what they all are. Well, you might do because I've done this before with you. So. Uh. <laughs> okay. Okay. So here we go. When the Bible speaks of renewing the mind, is this supported in our scientific understanding around neuroscience? Right, yeah. So not so long ago, like in the last 20 years or so, uh, it was believed that like once you reach like 18 or 25, your mind just stopped. Uh, just stopped producing new neurons, new pathways, kind of like, um, like I said last Sunday, like um, building new roads. So there was this idea that once you reached a certain age, you just stopped building new roads, you worked with the ones you've got. But in the last 20 years, the last decade, that thinking has changed dramatically. We now know that even into older age, we're constantly building new roads. It might not necessarily be easier mm -hmm. as we get older. It still works, it's still hard, but it still happens. Mm -hmm. So we're not fixed at a certain point, we can renew our minds continually, even as we get older. Good. Thanks, Grant. That's a great answer. So uh, I'm going to ask you, are you feeling relaxed for the next question? Because it's actually about anxiety. So there we go. So how does anxiety or stress impact our mind? What changes occur within the brain, you know, when we're stressed and anxious? Yeah, so when we're stressed and anxious, of course, we start to develop pathways or these roads. and. Okay. Uh, they can distract us or take us away from the norm. So the way to think about it kind of is like uh, the brain has its own way of regulating itself. Stress happens, that's a normal thing. So our bodies and our minds, God's given us minds that are able to cope with stress, are able to cope with those short-term stresses. But when they become chronic, so when they become prolonged, the brain's ability to regulate itself becomes broken, stops working in the same way that it used to. Kind of the way I was kind of thinking about it was kind of like with toll gates. 
like you have tolls on roads to control traffic or to slow it down, but if that's constantly coming at you, mm -hmm. then in different areas of the brains, the toll booths just go, no way, fine, we just won't be there, whilst other areas put too many in place. So from a neurological point and a neuroscience perspective, like stress has a way of rewiring our mind to put us down habits that aren't necessarily good for us so that when we come against, say, a new stress, a new mm. anxiety, rather than handle it proportionately, we over-respond, we get more anxious, we get more stress. Okay, wow, wow, okay. And uh, can these changes translate to a change <clears throat> or changes in our physical body? Can, if we're mm. thinking these thoughts, these negative thoughts, these anxious thoughts, does it affect the human body as well? Mm -hmm. Right, so when it comes to the body, so one of the main stress pathways that people know about is what's called the HPA axis. And the A in that refers to the adrenal gland, which is a small gland that sits on top of your kidney. So from the get-go, even just with normal stress, the, the, one of the main components and, and pathways that we are aware of is putting out hormones and chemicals into our bloodstream that will therefore have an effect on our bodies. So in cases where that then turns into anxiety or chronic stress when we over, when it becomes too much and we build, let it allow it to build up, that's when we see things affect, say, blood pressure, our digestion, all sorts of different parts of our body mm. because these chemicals are in our bloodstream. So like um, some people, if you've ever been tested for anxiety or depression, one of the tests they might do is, for instance, your blood cortisol level, which is kind of a hormone that we associate with stress and anxiety. So it just goes to show that it isn't just locked in our heads. Mm. It does affect the rest of our body. Okay, so it does have an impact. Okay. Mm. Okay, what practical things can we do to help us when we think about renewing our minds? Right, so... When it comes to the practical side of things, uh, what I've been personally, like I mentioned on Sunday, so like um, what I found for myself is good and what seems to be apparent in the literature with these things is openness. So speaking about it physically to yourself, so even in your alone prayer time when you're just with you and God, just taking it out of your head and verbalizing it changes the way your mind processes that information because how often have we been like thinking about something and we know the right thing to do but uh -huh. we mull it over in our heads and mm. then when it comes to doing it it doesn't translate it doesn't happen we just hit back into those habits so what verbalizing it can do is help us take it from that subconscious habit to a higher level and that can then allow us to bring God in. That can allow us mm. to bring in the prayer, that can focus our prayer time and allow us to get that renewal of our mind that God promises us. Wow, tremendous. Wow, yeah. okay. So if I'm, if I'm say uh, I come to you, mm -hmm. and you're a Christian, you're a yes. neuroscientist, and I say I need, I need some help, I, I go through uh, like feelings of depression mm -hmm. and I think depressive thoughts and I think, you know, it gets pretty dark. How, how do I think my way or feel my way 
out of that? How do I renew my mind through that? Mm. I think the fact that you're actually communicating that mm. to begin with is a good step. A lot okay. of the time, especially when we're anxious, we tend to think that we know what other people are going to say. Okay. And we lock ourselves into that kind of mindset that we, we're alone. Mm -hmm. So instantly, when we talk to another person about these things, like the Bible talks about being accountable to our brother and sister. So this yes. relates not only to depression, but other things that we have issues with, like addictions and so on. Okay. Having that accountability, but then also just keep on being open, remembering that God is the source. Uh, but then also, if you need help, seek it. Go mm. to your pastor and talk to them. Go to see counseling if you need it. Mm -hmm. If those, you know, remembering God is, God is the one to have your eyes upon, but yeah. if you need help, get it. Yeah, it's good. It's really good stuff, Grant. Also, it says in uh, Psalm 115 verse, no, 119 verse 15, <laughs> I meditate on your pre precepts and consider your ways. So there's something about meditating mm -hmm. uh, upon the word of God mm. and how, how we do that and how, how we apply that. Um, and it says in Psalm 143.5, it says, meditate on the word. It says, I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider you, what your hands have done. And it's that thing of meditation. See, often when people in a Christian context, when we hear the word meditation, we, I can't cross my legs like this and pull the other one up there, put my hands like this. People often think of uh, transcendental meditation or some, some kind of meditation where you're emptying your mind but it seems that the Word of God tells us to renew our minds, but also to fill our minds up with new things. So it's as, 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 we, as we fill our minds up, as we think upon God, as we think upon these thoughts, something takes place with inside, inside us and changes it. So if you imagine, so if I can, because uh, I've, I've read a lot of um, Dr. Caroline Leaf, who you know about her, she's a neuroscientist, and she's a Christian, and she talks about rebuilding. She does a thing called the 21-day detox, where rather than fasting food, uh, they fast negative thinking for 21 days. And I tell you, it's so tough, because a lot of our defaults are like, nah. we just wake up in the morning, morning. It's like, oh, it's too short, it's too sunny. Open the curtain, oh, close the curtain. Oh, you're like, and it's like the, your, your default setting is to be, to be a neg. Can anybody, some of you are not a chocolate this morning, but can anybody relate to him this morning? It's just like you're not happy. You're not happy, Bunny, when you wake up. And it's like, it's how to get that, that reset, isn't it? And, and she does a thing where she talks about when with neuroscience, they've scanned human brains. And, and when people are thinking negatively or they're moaning or complaining, it's like, if you imagine Zorro upside, it's like a lightning strike. It's like this lightning strike of negativity. But when somebody thinks positively, it's like a little broccoli. It's like a tree that sprouts up and it's reaching up. And, and that, that's what it looks like on the scans. These, these, as this, and it's like, it's so powerful. And it's like, wow. So when you think negatively, strike down death. When you're thinking positively, you're sprouting new life. You're bringing fruit to your mind. You're bringing fruit to others. There's something that takes place in the mind as we... But for some of us, we need to recognize that some of us are, are battling through in our minds. And a lot of people are battling through, through moods where they, they just struggle with depression or struggle with these things. But the key is 100% in, in the Word and how we think. Another, when, when we were talking earlier, one, one of the illustrations that we talked about was when... Um, 
you build a pathway in the mind mm -hmm. or a roadway in the mind, it, it's like that negative or that complaining or that, that there's something within us or that depression, whatever it may be, uh, or I can't do this, I'm not good enough for God, all these negative thoughts, and it creates a, a pathway. So it's like a pathway through a garden or yeah. a forest. Is that right? Yeah, so rather than it being like it branches off and you get these other road systems. So basically, when we think about it, a road that's well used will be maintained, whereas oh. a road that we don't use will, be, will fall into disrepair. Mm. But the way, the, what happens when we have this negative thinking, when we become stressed and we go down these roads, we entrench them. Mm. So it's kind of like, um, when I was seeing, uh, it's kind of like how, if you know your history, some of the main motorways that we have now used to be Roman roads. Mm. So it's that ancient road that we've gone down before because of stress or anxiety. We just keep going down it and it just becomes the new motorways that our mind goes to when we think of something new. When we come against something, uh, a new stress or anxiety, we just go back down that motorway that we've been going down for so long. Wow. So it just entrenches in your mind. So, yeah, it becomes hard to break, but it is possible, though. Wow. I, I remember years ago, it's, it's wonderful. I remember years ago when I was first a Christian, I was only a teenager at the time, and uh, I heard a testimony of someone who'd been going through stress and anxiety, and they talked about how they washed. Uh, they, they had a pile of dishes in their house, and uh, they said what I did was I took one dish and I dried it, and I said, thank you, Lord, that I'm able to dry this dish. And they celebrated. Then they moved on to the next dish. And I was like, honestly, this is no joke. I was judging them, thinking, what's the matter with them? What's the, what's the problem with that person? But then, then uh, the penny dropped with me because when I went through some stuff or depression, I began to think, thank you, Lord, for this breakthrough. Thank you, Lord, for this dish. Even now, if I do the dishes, Fiona's like, thank you, Lord, that he's done a dish. Hallelujah. So it's like, the, the, it's, it's the power of the little by little, because often we think of giant steps. But over, listen, saints, it's, it's overcoming the little steps, little by little, step by step, whatever we face in our mind. And, and, and the power of the word is incredible. I, I used to meditate upon, you know that, you know that verse I quoted earlier about be, uh, be, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind? I used to meditate on that. Mm -hmm. And I used to think about it. Now, the way that I meditate, are you ready for a secret, an inside secret? You know these airplanes that go over, you know when the, the, there's a political party or somebody's advertising something and there's a, an airplane with a ticker tacker and it goes vote for whatever party and, 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 and there's something advertising. That's how I memorize scripture. So I, I have an airplane that goes up in my mind, and there's a wee ticker-tacker that goes, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I, I have these things, so I have these meditations. That's how I renew my mind, because I'm a visual thinker. You know, some of you are uh, line upon line book readers. You just read the book, and boom, it's in. You're totally lit. Your neur neurological pathways are all changed. But I'm like, I'm like a slow down. I've got the pickaxe out. I've not got a JCB. I've got a pickaxe. I've got to go through it little by little, meditate upon me. And I remember meditating. I remember for days I'd pick, I'd pick one verse, and if I couldn't remember that the next day, I would meditate on it again until I could quote it. So that whole thing of our weapons are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, I began to meditate on that. And I think it took three days to get through my skull till that new highway was built. And there's times now, 30 plus years later, with a certain proverbs, I'm lit with them. They come to the fore. 
There's certain times when I'm or talking to someone about Jesus. Boom! It's like the verse comes back, and I've not thought about it uh, that day. It's just come back. Why? Because it's been placed in the new roads. It's been placed in the roadways. It's part of the pavement. There's a slab. There's a slab in the mind. There's something being laid, but it's important to take our time and do it. And it's the whole thing of of meditation, you know, the, the whole thing. Fiona does it with the kids uh, in the kids' work. She's got them all memorizing all the, the, the books of the Bible. She's got them memorizing. Oh, I know a lot of you do that as parents. But the whole power of memorization is such a, a powerful, powerful tool. You know, sometimes we can, I, I can listen to some of the best podcasts on planet Earth, and they're phenomenal. Then afterwards, Fiona will say, what was it about? And I'll go, can't he mind but what I've, what I've learned to do is to have one takeaway. So I take one note from a sermon. So if this morning, if all you've got is one line from the sermon, fantastic. But, but the key thing is building that roadway in your mind. Come on, saints, let's, let's do it. Let's rebuild our minds. Let's be like the Bourneville boys or the Cadbury chicks, the guys that said, you know what, I'm not tolerating this put down. I'm not going to allow this thing to make me go into depression but they rose up and said, you know what, this is, this, is a, this is a moment of opportunity to rise up and see something new happen. And, and you, might not, you might not be Mr. or Mrs. Cadbury here this morning or, or, or Barry Bovril or Barry Bourneville or who, whatever he's called. So, but, but the fact is, is that if you start renewing your mind, if you're somebody that overcomes, if this morning, if all you've got is a takeaway and a two-by-two two slab that says, I'm going to choose to renew my mind this morning, I want to tell you, I feel like a victory here this morning. I feel like a victory shout because there's something about renewing the mind that is incredibly powerful. And somebody might say, well, why, why are we talking about science? Why aren't we just talking about the Bible? Do you know what? The science confirms the word, doesn't it? You've been studying, your head's been in these books for the last five years, and you just do an executive summary for these guys this morning, mm -hmm. and they've got this takeaway, knowing that the science backs the word. Yes. What people have been preaching for decade, millennia for, for, from the word is the truth, and it changes people. The great thing with the Word of God is that when the Word goes in, the Word is like a supernatural seed. And that's what I love about the Word of God. So as soon as we meditate upon what He says about us, something changes. Something changes. And that song, my, my, my mind says, I'm not good enough. But you say I'm good enough. And it's that whole thing of learning to conquer the moods, conquer the depression, conquer the negative thoughts, conquer these things that say you're not good enough. But God says you are good enough. God says I have placed you in that place of work. God says I have placed you in that business. God says I am rising, raising you up to do great things for me. And little by little, day by day, just meditate upon one verse. I want to tell you, one of the things I did early on as a new Christian, I read through the Bible in a year, and I now do it by audio. And sometimes I can't remember a thing, but it goes in. It goes in because I've meditated upon it for years. But I've learned, with, <clears throat> excuse me, like some Proverbs, is just meditate upon, read one book of Proverbs, meditate on one verse, and that's your takeaway for that day. And the next time you're in that chapter, 31 days later, or 29 days later, if it's February, every four years, you'll be back in the verse, and you might choose an R verse. But it's important just to have that daily habit of downloading and changing the human mind for the glory of God. Amen. Amen.